0: My motto is, you can't say you don't like something until you try it. I don't like to limit myself.
1: Hi, we are Dana and Angela, and this is the Work in Progress podcast. Today, we had a very special guest joining us. Chenzi is currently a pilot working towards her airline transport license, But in the past, she was once a respiratory therapist, a flight attendant, and a flight attendant instructor. So naturally, we had many questions for her and her journey. Her upbeat personality and can-do spirit are just so memorable, and we had such a great time talking to her. Aside from her career changes, we also talked about how the gender barrier is slowly shifting in the aviation industry. So stay tuned till the end, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a good review if you enjoyed this episode. Thank you. So thank you so much, Chancey, for joining us today. Um, I'm super excited to be talking to you, and we have so many questions for you. The way we discovered Chancey was actually Angela was browsing through Instagram, and we found your um, your account through the hashtag CareerChange. So um, we found your profile, and you seem to have some really interesting experiences. Could you walk us through the different careers you've had in the past?
0: So I moved to New York when I was 18, and then yeah, oh, okay. I went to college there. I wanted to go to med school, okay. as in most of the Asians do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I figured I, I, I kind of need I a, a backup. So I didn't want to just major in biology. That that was my plan, just major in biology, just like everyone else, and then go to med school. Um, but I ended up didn't do that. I just, I say, well, you know, if I can't get in med school, I probably need something else. Uh, I want to do something else in med Uh, medical field so i looked around i transferred to the school that i went to and uh, my school had a lot of uh what is it called like health science programs so uh they have like nursing physical therapy all that kind of stuff and then i stumbled upon respiratory therapy i didn't even know what it was (laughs) i never heard of it (laughs) i don't know what they do so I was just like, well, okay. I look at the prerequisite. I'm like, mm, I met most of them. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead. And uh, I went to, they have kind of um, like information session. And then they have like a, a one-on-one introductory course. So I just went and I met people. And, and I took the class. And it seemed pretty interesting. So I was like, okay, I'll just apply. And I got in. So that's how I got into respiratory care. Um, and then I work... In respiratory for four four or five years Um, you know I work in a hospital and um, when I work in the hospital our field is pretty uh, a lot of people don't know what we do Um, Mm -hmm. and usually what I tell people is that we take care of the patient from all the way from premature baby to a hundred year old who (laughs) who's not doing well because all the organs are failing (laughs) um uh, just usually uh usually when you have to see a respiratory therapist you're not in good shape or you have you know chronic like COPD or asthma stuff like that mm-hmm. um but that's pretty much what we do we uh just give routine treatments to the patients and um uh, respond to emergency all that kind of stuff uh, if you work in the hospital and I, that's what I did some people work in rehab and then their job description is a little different. So I did that for four something years, try to apply to PA school, I didn't get in. (laughs) So I was like, oh, physician assistant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Med school is just, it's funny. Uh, Med school, I talked to a lot of doctors at the hospital, and a lot of them actually tell me, don't do it. It's not worth it. I don't know, because they had such, it is hard when you're a resident, you know, you're, almost you're like bottom of the totem pole the nurses don't think you're a doctor <laughs> <laughs> especially the first year residents. um oh, yeah. you know and they don't make a lot of money and their hours are horrendous they're always in the hospital you know they 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 stay over like 12 hours shift 24 48 hours like okay. Yeah, I mean, I understand why they say that, especially at that stage of the career. I'm sure they would say different things once they get to the attending status. <laughs> but that kind of changed my mind a little bit. Um, and then I, I have to say most of the things in my life are accidents. So <laughs> uh, I did that. I worked night shift for all those four years and um, one day. So I, I, me and my husband start dating back then. And then uh, he was living in Louisiana. I went to visit him. And then one day I just couldn't sleep because I worked night shift. my body clock was all off. And then I was just looking around online and then I saw Delta Airline was hiring flight attendants. I was like, huh, I always want to be a flight attendant. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just apply. I don't think I'll get it because actually like back like a few years before I or I just when I first graduated college, I saw this very small regional airline called Air Wisconsin um they were hiring flight attendant i just i just sent my resume and i didn't think too much about it I never heard of it uh, i never heard back from them so i was like okay i'll apply to delta well, it's a big airline and i probably won't hear anything back since they don't think my background has anything to do with customer service or such mm-hmm. so i was like it was a long application but i filled it up because i couldn't sleep anyway so i filled the application up and then um didn't think I would hear anything back but the next day they call me they're like hey you got your passport I'm like yes (laughs) they proceed to give me like a a a kind of an informal phone interview right there they asked me some basic question like you know um, what would you do if this passenger does this and that kind of thing I was like okay (laughs) gave them kind of I I was not prepared at all, so I was like, probably never gonna hear anything back again. (laughs) Um, But then somehow he just kept going on and on, and I got the job. Mm. Um, Yeah, and then I have yeah, and then after that, I flew as a regular flight attendant for a year, and then one day I got bored again, so I look up the uh, Delta has these. Um, the website that's they have job openings for in, internal employee and sometimes they will open to internal employee before they open to outside or some of the position only open for internal employee so I, I look at those uh, the job posting and one of them says technical facilitator and I was like huh I wonder what that is I was like technical facilitator that sounds like something to do with computer ish to me that's what it sounds like so I was like I'll just apply because I kind of I was like, I kind of like working with computer, not with coding and stuff, but um, because our flight attendant has to do computer-based training. So I was like, okay, so probably maybe design the curriculum or something like that. So I, so I apply and then, again, didn't think I would get it. And then they call me and be like, hey, uh, this is actually an instructor job. I was like, oh, instructor. So I know what, who who they are because they're the one that trained us to become a flight attendant. So I was like, ah, huh okay. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because when I was going through initial flights and training, I, I, you know, from what I saw, I was like, eh, kind of interested, but not sure. But then I, I figured I was like, I'll just give it a shot and probably won't get it. So went to the interviews, all that kind of stuff, and then got the job. So I was like, well, if I got it, I'll just do it. <laughs> so did it for, yeah, for another four years. Five, four, actually five years. Five years. Um, and then, as an instructor, we teach for the most most of the time uh, for the flight attendant for the initial flight attendant candidates, and um, all the flight attendant have to come back every year to get their requalification. So both group we we have to teach them. Um, but aside from that, we also have to fly sometimes, just fly as a regular flight attendant, so you don't get too, you know, far away from reality. And then one day when I was flying, we were just waiting for the airplane to arrive. This female captain that was flying with us, she's like, why don't you be a a pilot? And I was like, huh, (laughs) I never thought about that. I didn't think it was possible because I'm sure you know in Taiwan, the girls were never encouraged to be a pilot actually nobody ever said really no they never say those things to me and if you're a girl they're like oh you're gonna grow up you're gonna be a flight attendant you know it's very highly sought after job for girls like yeah people want to be flight attendants that's why i always want like that i apply in first place because i i always want to be a flight attendant. i i love traveling and and such so being a pilot never crossed my mind and so Mm -hmm. the 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 pilot that she's like, Yeah, you should look into it. There are a lot of um scholarship and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, Huh, okay, Hmm. sounds like a great idea. So I looked it up, like they do have scholarship and stuff. Um, and then but you know, I still wasn't sure, it is not everybody likes it for sure. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid, I was like, What if I get motion sickness? Because I actually still get motion sick. Sometimes when I'm flying as a flight attendant, especially, you know, um, in a turbulent, uh, when the tur- when it's turbulent and I have to work, it's, it makes me sick sometimes. So I was like, yeah, that's not going to fly if I'm a pilot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I took a, um, an introductory flight and then I was like, ah, okay, I liked it. I'm going to do it. So here I am two years later. I'm uh, okay. working on my instructor license now. Yeah.
1: Oh, so you're becoming an instructor?
0: Yeah, a flight
1: uh, instructor. Wow. Okay, so let me see if I get this um, yeah. correctly. So yeah. you were first a respiratory um, mm-hmm. therapist. Yep. And then you became a flight attendant because. Yep. Uh, you you were having trouble sleeping in. Then you've always wanted. You saw this job <laughs> opening. Yep. And then you just went ahead and applied for it, and you got yep. it. And yep. then. <clears throat> and then you became a flight attendant instructor. Yeah. And then you became a pilot, and then now you're um, going to become a pilot extra- instructor. Yes. Wow, that's such a such an amazing transformation. And I feel like all your switches have been. Um, uh, I don't know, like it, they haven't sound like it was too difficult for you. You know how some people say, "Oh, I want to become this," and they they take yeah. three years, and then they still, you know, can't get their foot in. But it yeah. seems like it would it went pretty pretty smoothly for you.
0: Yeah, I, I would say because I'm more of a it's not like I always thinking about oh yeah, I want to change. I want to change uh-huh. and then think about it for a long time. It's just I stumble upon it and be like, oh, yeah. I'll just try it and then oh, if I get it, I get it. If I don't yeah. get it, I don't get it." Yeah. Um but if I I only apply to the things that I'm interested in yeah. and Lucky for me, I like a lot of different things. Yeah. I always tell my husband I don't have enough lifetime to do all the things I want to do. But he told me the third career change is it. I cannot change my career again. <laughs> this, is, this is my last career change. Can do it now. Because I have to say, becoming a pilot is the most, the priciest. And oh. it is a much more difficult career change than the other. Like Becoming a pilot, paying out of pocket is... Uh, very very expensive and that is why most of the people have uh give up on becoming a pilot is mostly for um financial issue because it is not cheap and a lot of people take a long time to get out of their license and ratings and you also have to you know for the uh, law these days you have to get to 1500 hours in Mm -hmm. order to even become an airline transport pilot, if you want to fly for airlines. And I'm sure a lot of people do. And that is my goal, to become an airline transport pilot. I'm trying to go back to Delta to be a a Delta pilot. And in order to even fly for a regional, you have to have 1,500 hours. And those hours can be hard to come by. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, That's why a lot of people become a flight instructor. That is one of the easiest ways to get hours. Um, If you want to get your hours by doing other things there are other pilot job out there like uh doing surveys um doing or taking like a, a parachute jumping i can't remember skydiving <laughs> skydivers um all those uh, those are different ways to get to 1500 hours too but this the hurdle to go all to all to get all the way to 1500 hours is probably one of the hardest thing for all the you know the begin beginner pilots.
1: I see. Um. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh. So I'm interested in how you
1: make the transition. <laughs> so when you were a respiratory therapist, you applied, and then what was the training like? Too. I get. I, I mean, you first mm. had the interview, and then what was the training like? And was
0: for it- respiratory.
1: Uh, no, to become
0: a flight attendant. Oh, flight attendant. Yes. So, um, I mean, every airline is a little different, but at Delta, we tr- we train for seven to eight weeks. Okay. Um, uh, the interview process can take pretty long. I think uh, these days it could take up to two, three months to finish okay. everything because they do like the initial application and then they have video interview and then if you speak another language there is another language test and then if you jump through all that hoop then you can get to in-person interview the face-to-face interview so that could take a while (laughs) it is kind of hard to get the job as they always tell us Um, but mainly I think it's because a lot of people apply um, to, to make it hard The job itself is, I don't think it's particularly hard. I mean, the hardest part is just like any customer service job. Mm. It's just dealing with different kind of personality. That is the hardest part. But um, getting there is hard because a lot of people apply. It's competitive. A lot of people will apply more than two, three times before they can get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yep um so anyway so once you get selected you go through training seven to eight weeks after that you're flight attendant you're on your own um you figure it out yourself <laughs> um so when I will, yeah you i
3: mean like working as a flight attendant were there things that were surprising to you because you obviously have some interest in it otherwise you would not have applied and then mm-hmm. you like went forward with accepting the offer and then the training were there things that you found to be like Hmm, this is not what I thought it was going to be like, or certain things <laughs> that you realize. Actually, I don't like this
0: quite so much. Um, I I can't say that I was surprised about any of them. I did quite a bit of research after I got the I got through the first interview. I was like, oh man, this might actually come true. So I did. Um, I read up online a lot and stalk all those um, forums on Indeed about all the candidate and about like the flight attendant life. So I wasn't really surprised when I started, but I would say, though, a lot of people that I went through training with or the student that I taught, some of them just, they did not know that they're signing up for a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a job. And it's something that you might think you're okay with it, because a lot of people do it. They're like, well, you know, I love traveling. So I think this job is great for me. If you only love traveling but don't love anything else, <laughs> this job could be hard for you. And, you know, I have, I have, um, you know, trainees who had never been outside of their house,
2: yes.
0: you know, <laughs> e- ever. They stay home the whole time. They graduate college. They apply to Delta immediately. They got accepted. They come to training. They couldn't even get through training because they couldn't bear to stay away from home for a long time. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you would be like, well, and you want to be a flight attendant? Like, <laughs> 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 you, you didn't think that through. But, yeah, a, a lot of people, you know, they get discouraged. I mean, the pay is a lot better now. Back in the days, the pay is not so great. And, you know, New York is one of the most junior base. <laughs> and good. a lot of people, a, a lot of people just couldn't live there. And they get discouraged because of the money as well. These days, a little better. Um, but the schedule, some people, it, and me coming from working in the hospital, I'm totally used to working holidays and, you know, working all the odd hours. But some people, they had regular jobs. So they didn't like the fact that they have to work holidays,
2: mm-hmm. being a
0: junior flight attendant. And then they don't get to choose their schedule. So you, you know, they're away from home flying these not very desirable trips. So mm-hmm. some people quit, you know, fairly fast after a few months, because they're just like, well, you know, this lifestyle is not for me. But most of us love it because, you know, we have the freedom to travel wherever, really, whenever I, I want to. As long as given the flight is open, you know, because we stand by.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But
0: th- just the, the freedom is pretty amazing. Like you get sucked into it, you can't get out. <laughs>
3: So you mentioned that you don't get to choose the flight you serve. Mm-hmm. So how does that all work? Like, so is are there like a list of
0: flights that Delta essentially mm-hmm. has to make sure there are people serving these flights? Yep. So um, every month we will bid for next month's schedule. And when we say bidding, it's, oh, the aviation industry is very big on seniority. So, mm-hmm. you know, seniority is everything. When you're junior, you don't get to choose what you fly. You pretty much get whatever that's left over. You know, it could be the day is not, you know, definitely working the holidays and you're working a trip that has four legs a day, five legs a day. Wow. Those are not desirable because honestly, when we work as a flight attendant, we don't get paid when we're boarding and boarding is the hardest part. When you do five legs a day, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of boarding time that you're not getting paid for and you have to. And that's when most of the issue comes up. So oh. usually with with the you know the trip that has a lot of leg each day and, you, and when they can fit so many legs a day that means each fly segment is short and we only get paid when the door's closed and then you stop getting paid when the door is open really yep oh wow oh, i am so
1: surprised i am oh.
0: so surprised too i thought it's like a salary flat rate and you just no nope. <laughs> oh my oh. god they don't. Um, I don't know how they. Uh, they might. They probably do it differently in other countries, but here in United States, we are all hourly workers. We're all paid by the hour. So, uh, so, so are the pilots actually. We're all uh, hourly worker. Um, and and I pilots the same. is from break re- uh, break release to break break on. That's how much they get paid. Oh my so, god. So. Yep. So all those times we're dealing with the bags and people's seating problems, we are not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a way that the, the compensation
3: structure is like this? Is it so that people are more efficient as in like you don't delay at all and you like make sure you take off on time? Or is, I, don't...
0: I don't know how they get away with it. <laughs> but... You know, I get asked this question all the time. They're like, how did the airline get away with it? I'm like, I don't have a question. I don't have an answer for you. It's just they get away with it for so long. Like, it's no, like, we've been talking about it for so long, trying to implement boarding pay.
3: Uh-huh. It,
0: it, it just never come went through. And, you know, and most of the airline has union too. Even with the union, we couldn't get boarding pay. So huh. that is it's that's the interesting part. And that, you know, that's another thing that people don't understand is like they come on and they didn't know that we're we only get paid on the fly hour. So right. the pay could be lower than you in- expected. And like I say, the five leg day does not mean you make a lot of money because each flight is short. Mm-hmm. So you don't make that much, you know, and then couple that with the short layover. You can't do much. I mean, some people like short layovers because they want to maximize the time they work to make mm-hmm. the most money. But for me, I didn't do a, You know, I didn't come to be a flight attendant. I, I'm taking a pay cut. I'm not here to make money. I'm here to enjoy <laughs> the, the, the paid hotel and the layover. So I you mean, know, I don't like short layovers. Some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a lot of new hire, they were surprised, like how bad the, <laughs> the schedule could be. Mm-hmm. and is not as glamorous as people think
2: yeah you
0: know sometimes you look at especially you know you look at you on instagram you have a lot of like famous probably flight attendant and they're, like the influencer they look really pretty in the picture like yep you get to look pretty but you still have to clean the crap in the bathroom yeah <laughs> <laughs> in the nice dress though <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: oh my god and how is that even like assigned? Like, does everyone have to do that? Like the cleaning yeah. not so pleasant things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, everybody's supposed to do it, but then you know, it's just like any job. You're gonna have people who likes to, who are lazy, and you're gonna have people who doesn't mind working. Mm-hmm. So if you work with a, a crew of lazy people, then uh, you're just gonna do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So. Um, But overall, I I still think it's a good job. It's not. Uh, it it could be hard on your bar uh, on your body, mm-hmm. yeah. pushing the cards and the bags and closing the bin. It could. It's pretty hard on your body, uh, to mm-hmm. be honest. You know, a lot of flight attendants have back injury, knee injury, hip injury, shoulder injuries. Oh. So those things, you know, I, I always tell people. When people ask me about, hey, I want to become a flight attendant. I was like, all right, let me just tell you the fine print now so you don't regret it later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
2: my God.
3: How do you manage? Like, I always wonder how how they would manage all the different time zones. And, you know, like if you're going through different time zones and you have like you're working, I don't know, I'm assuming like still multiple days in a row. How do you yeah. stay awake?
0: Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I it depends on the person, I'm sure. Um, I usually I actually uh, I just I just decided to just let my body sleep whenever he wants to, for the most part, unless I do um, when I do international trip. Because uh, from Seattle, I I used to do a lot of China trip because mm-hmm. I speak the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, the China the China trips are not bad because most most of the time they give us enough layover time that I can just sleep whenever I want to and just Mm -hmm. still be a functional human being Mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. I have to come back but these they've changed the schedule a bit now Um, I think they changed from our flight to Beijing which is like 12 hours to go there and the layover is only 13 hours and then you come back I refuse to do that trip (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because there's just no way I, uh, you know I I mm-hmm. can't sleep there I, I wake up at 3 a.m. every single time oh. it doesn't matter I would just wake up and I can't sleep so if I don't because in the beef like four years four or five years ago it used to be a four-day trip so I get 40 hour layover so if I wake up the first day at 3 a.m. it's okay because I still I can go back to sleep so mm-hmm. 9 a.m. the next day Uh, And then the second night will be a better sleep because I'm a little more used to it. But with a 13 hour, I just can't can't deal with it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I don't know. I just I really just if I go to Europe and the Europe arrivals usually early in the morning, like a.m. I go there. I will go straight out to go do whatever I need to do. Go see whatever I want to see. Tire myself out. So I come home. I, you know, I just eat whatever dinner and then go to bed early so I can sleep through the night. A lot of people will go, they arrive and then they would sleep until the afternoon and then go out, you know, at night. I was like, I can never do that because Mm -hmm. then I won't be, I will still wake up at 3 (laughs) a.m. It doesn't matter where I am. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I manage it. I just try to sleep, you know, whenever I, I try to make a eight hour consecutive sleep. Mm-hmm. However, however, I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: makes sense. And tell me about your transition from the flight attendant to the instructor. Like, what kind of training did you go through and was it difficult?
0: Um, it, for to become an instructor, it was another four weeks of training. Oh. Um, they mostly just uh, it's mostly learning about how to teach. So, uh, you know, the different learning style, teaching style, all that kind of stuff. And then also kind of reinforce the thing we're going to learn. Um, I think they spend a lot of, they spend a lot of time, uh, relearning the emergency procedure again, just to make sure, you know, it's still fresh in our mind because for the flight attendant training, it's, you know, a lot of things you might only do it once when you're doing your initial training, like, yeah. D- ditching that you're not going to d- rehearse that every year <laughs> i i know some middle eastern airline or some asian airline will do that but uh-huh. here is just there's too many of us they can't pay for that right you know, ditching so um so we have to refresh <laughs> those again before we start teaching so four weeks and then again we're out on there on um, you know on our own figure it out um for delta we had two we have two training centers one in atlanta one in salt lake city uh i was assigned salt lake city because i live in seattle and then over there i mostly just do continuing education for the flight attendant or continuing qualification i should say Uh, i did teach one round of initial flight attendant training in atlanta that's the only place we do the initial training yep and that's that Mm.
1: So no, no flying during those periods. You just
0: teach. Uh, no. Every year we still have to fulfill the uh, the flying requirement because, like I said, they don't want us to not fly at all. Mm-hmm. Then you're you're just not in touch with reality. Mm-hmm. So we still have to fly some oh. trips. Yep. That's how I met the pilot who told me that I should just be a pilot.
1: Um, <laughs> I see. And what was the reason? Like, did they just say that you have the I don't know that the problem solving skill to be pilot or or. What, what I was...
0: actually I don't know. I, we were just talking. I think and we just met and this is the magic. By the way, like this is one of <laughs> the magic about flight crew is, it's like you never meet. You probably never seen this person ever in your life. There are twenty four thousand of us at Delta, wow. and you fly with these people like you you you, probably just met. But then after ten minutes, your best friend. I can't. I can't say that it happens all the time, but it happens a lot. Like, the flight attendants love sharing stuff. Like, is it a new crew every time? Um, every trip. So our trips are. It, it can go from one day, two day, three day, four day. Um, not a lot of five days, but mm-hmm. and we also have six, seven day trips. Those are very few wow. and kind of hard to come about. Very senior trips. Us junior folks usually fly two to three day trips. The one day trip, we call them turns because it's just a quick <laughs> turnaround. The uh-huh. turns are usually pretty senior as well. Uh-huh. So people about my seniority usually flies to two to three day trip. These trips are uh, u- usually same crew all uh-huh. around. Um, there are some trip they were designed like we call them. They're like the the bonus person because each aircraft. Require different amount of flight attendant, and all of the Delta flight attendants are uh, cross trained in all aircraft. Because I know some some airlines only train their flight attendant to work on one set of aircraft. Mm-hmm. They don't cross utilize them. But Delta, mm-hmm. we, we cross utilize everybody. You're qualified on all the aircraft. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll have a trip where you're just by yourself for three days that you go and then you meet different crew every single segment.
2: Wow.
0: Um so then you get to meet people from different bases. Like, you know, like I'm based in Seattle. You could go and work with Atlanta based crew, New York-based crew, Minneapolis-based crew. Um, those every single segment is different, flight attendant. But for the most part, we try to stay together the mm-hmm. whole trip. We do get breakups sometimes if there's any sort of delays or um Like they need one person desperately somewhere, (laughs) then they're going to pull the most junior flight attendant off of that trip to Uh fill that hole. Do they ask or they just assign? Oh, they assign. There's no asking. (laughs) You're assigned. (laughs) Um, Then that is also another thing that a lot of junior flight attendants cannot get used to, or the major reason why people quit is they you know there's you, you you don't have a lot of control over your schedule
2: mm-hmm.
0: so some people are not used to that it could be hard you know a lot of times you're like and and when they ask you like and they also say that in application are you flexible <laughs> a lot of people will be like hey, yeah, yeah i'm flexible and then they will say that interview too yeah, i'm totally flexible they didn't understand how flexible they have to be yeah. mm-hmm. like oh, very flexible <laughs> wow. yeah
1: Oh, yeah. that's hard to imagine. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a pretty standard 40-hour work week, mm-hmm. you know, give or take more or less. And yeah. it's hard to imagine that. You do have to jump on the next flight when they tell you yeah. to.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I pack, like, I whatever. Like, they told me, okay, Jacksonville layover. <laughs> awesome. Pack my swimming suit. And then uh, I, I get rerouted. We call it rerouted. They would just be like, never mind. You're not going to Jacksonville. You're going uh-huh. to Little Rock, Kansas. uh, (laughs) I did not pack the clothes for Little Rock, Kansas. Oh, God. (laughs) So, you know, then you learn. You always have warm clothes and hot and and summer clothes in your bag. You never know where you're going. Could be hot, could be cold, (laughs) could be anything.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a a job, I guess, um, maybe younger people wouldn't mind doing. Um, I just, like, I'm thinking about, like, what if, you know, people have family and, say if you have kids how do you manage that
0: could be difficult oh definitely would be difficult um but uh, however this job it gets better as the time goes on because you get your seniority you get to actually you know get what you want you bid for the trips and there's a good chance that you might get them Mm -hmm. and um and Delta's on-call system is a little different from other airlines because actually, I think most of the other U.S. carriers, they still have what we call stray reserve system. Whole month, you're on reserve. You don't know where you're going.
2: Wow. They,
0: they just tell you because you're on reserve. You're on call.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Whenever they need a person, they will call you and then you uh-huh. go fly those trips. So you don't know. They give you a block. You, you know, you're probably on call for seven days off one or something like that um you don't we don't we call it a line you don't have a line to fly you don't know what trips you're going to get uh delta is better um in that regard is they kind of spread out the love because <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other airline usually uh, some people will sit on reserve for a year or two or three and then they're off and then they start getting a line they get trips mm-hmm. that you know they can bid for trips Uh, delta kind of does if you're hiring before a certain year everybody gets six on cold day every month wow until your seniority says nope you don't have to do it anymore Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: and because delta has been hiring pretty aggressively for the past few years like with my seniority i'm six years in and in the winter i don't have to do those on cold days anymore which is very good um, Mm -hmm. compared to a lot of older flight attendants who when i first started uh, six years ago i've had flights and then complained to me and be like uh, i've been here for 25 years i am still on call they still have done wow. cold days wow so yeah i can cons- i i consider myself very lucky like you know now because they hire so many mm-hmm. six years in, i really don't have it for you know, five uh, four months out of the year mm-hmm. so uh, you know uh, So your trip is based on, you know, you're going to have these on call days and then you're going to have the trip that you bid for or you didn't bid for. You still get them anyway. (laughs) But the more the older you get, the more senior you get, you probably will be off of your on call days, which make it more stable because on those on call days, you know, you don't know where you're going.
2: Right.
0: Um, and then you start getting the trips that you want. Some people like the two day trip. So they only away from home one night or they have family. Uh, like, I have family in New York so I can bid New York layover so I can go home and see them. See. Um, you start getting things that you want.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: can't guarantee a hundred percent. That's what you're going to get all the time because you know, if there's <laughs> snow in New York, you all are like, yeah, Well, everything is canceled. You're not going to New York or <laughs> somewhere else, Chicago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you have a pretty good idea what you're, what you're getting. Um, but however, I do have a lot of people that ask me, you know, asking the career change Like they probably, uh, they were doing other things and nurse nurse assistants or other office job. And they're, you know, they're at a point in their life where they have kids,
2: mm-hmm.
0: have a family or their single mother, which is even harder. And they say, Hey, I want to become a flight attendant now. You know, I really have to tell them the fine print. I don't want them to find out the hard way, because you know, you don't want someone to quit the job and be like, "Oh no, this is not it's not what I imagine it to be." It is hard for them. You really have to have a good support system because mm-hmm. you're a junior. You don't get to choose um, yeah. what you want. You know, sometimes a three day trip can turn into four day. Mm. <laughs> you you thought you're gonna be home with your kids, and then they can't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, but however, I also have people who are in the, they've had a whole career of 20 years and now their kids growing up they're like okay I want to come back and pursue something I always wanted to, to do like a lot of people say like, I wanted to be a flight attendant when I was younger but now I'm 50 or I'm 60 can mm-hmm. I do it I was like totally yes this will be a great time for you to do it because your kids are grown up doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're home or not
3: right you
0: know as long as you're okay with the very, t- you know, the texting on your body and,
2: yeah,
0: you know, the uncertainty of your schedule that you know, do it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know, the benefits good. You're gonna feel definitely gonna feel young again. She's <laughs> <laughs> working with all the younger people. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think this it's a good job for someone who either don't have kids, or mm-hmm. if you have kids, you have to have a good supporting system
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: for you, yeah so cool yeah better than when i'm older
1: (laughs) how was your your transition to being a pilot
0: um well i again like i think the harder part is the financial Mm -hmm. the financial part and i i do tell people like nowadays due to the pilot shortage that's been advertised by various flight school um people want there more and more people wants to become pilot and I was again it's my style tell you the fine print be like Mm -hmm. hey if you want to do this it's a cool job I love it but you got to get your finance in order Mm -hmm. so I'm lucky because my husband supports me Mm -hmm. and um so I'm able to pretty much I I just once I for me my personality is if I decide I want to do something, I would drop everything and just do it. I'm not going to. kind. And again, it's because I'm pretty lucky I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I So when I decide I want to be a pilot, I just say, OK, I'm going to quit my job as an instructor since the, the schedule as an instructor is not as flexible as flight attendant because it's pretty much a nine to five job almost five days a week. Mm-hmm. So and it's hard to drop your shift or swap Mm -hmm. with somebody but as a flight attendant my schedule is very you know it's pretty flexible especially Mm -hmm. once you get senior you hold desirable trips we can always we call it a drop we call drop the trip I -hmm. can just put it on a board everybody's there to everybody can see it they can access it if they like it they can pick it up so if it's a good trip people will pick it up and I was lucky enough to hold mostly the language trips. So they're the China trip. And China trips are desirable because it's a lot of hours and layover is good. So I was able to drop pretty much all of my trip. So I only work well, six to ten days a month. Oh. Um, yeah. So, But that also means I make no money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, again, like I can totally understand. And I heard a lot of story from uh, other flight attendant or, or we have ramp, um, the ramp worker, who, the the guys that, you know, direct the airplane and, and put the bags in the, in the cargo hold. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these people trying to become pilot, but they can't really do it efficiently or in a short period of time because they, either they have family mm-hmm. or they have mortgage to pay. So they can't just not work and go mm-hmm. learn how to fly. Yeah. Um, that is the hardest part for some people I but for me I'm just like hey I am you know I'm 32 years old I can't wait any longer because mm-hmm. all these kids in my flight school they're 16 they mm-hmm. can't even drive a car they're flying <laughs> airplanes you know they're sponsored by their parents mm-hmm. I'm very late in my game <laughs> So <laughs> I was like I, I just I have to drop everything and just you know just do it, go in hard and finish as soon as possible. Um, mm-hmm. So I was pretty lucky that I can, I, I was able to do it. It still took longer than I expected because the weather in Seattle, it's not so great.
3: Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. It's
3: training, an- tell us about the training. Are there, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I'm trying to imagine in my head, like maybe do you like do some simulations before you really go flying, flying, or do you just start flying with somebody obviously, but
0: um oh. it, it depends on your instructor in the flight school um for me i didn't really do any sim- simulator work i just went flying Wow, that <laughs> is so um That's but amazing. yeah i mean are you it's... nervous no yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think i was super nervous um uh-huh. the hardest part is always landing landing is always the hardest part <laughs> takeoff is so easy but landing was hard landing is as we call it control crash <laughs> <laughs> okay. you gotta control it just right
3: oh my so god you don't actually crash oh wow do you oh. learn that first thing or early on or do you only learn yeah. that at the end
0: no you gotta learn it pretty early so i can walk you through pretty quickly yeah. Long story short version of uh, yeah, pilot we- training. Mm-hmm. So pilot training is you started from private pilot license. So private pilot license basically just means you flying around, going on joyride. You can take your friends, but you can't do it for business. You can't charge people for that. So for the pi- private pilot license, um, we have one of the biggest milestone during that training is what we call a solo. That means, you know, the and you're going with the instructor for x amount of time and then your instructor thought that okay i think it's time for me to let you go you're gonna go fly by yourself and you know i will sign endorse you that you can now go fly solo without me so that is one of the biggest milestone for any pilot in their career they will always remember their solo because that Mm -hmm. is the first time you flying by yourself
3: right
0: you know you don't have the instructor with you um, that's the biggest milestone usually people will do, like some sort of celebration. It used to be they cut off the back of your clothes. Um, whatever you're wearing that day, they will sh- cut off their shirt tail and then oh. write, write on it. First solo, what day, blah, 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 or what aircraft, and then, you know, whatever you want to write on it. <laughs> um so it is that it's a big deal. So they they train you up to that point where you can take off, you can land, you're able to get around airspaces,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you don't violate any you know federal aviation rules, and uh, you have a good under a, you know a pretty good understanding on emergency procedure. If your engine quit, what are you gonna do? Or if engine caught on fire, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to do a f- emergency landing, where are you gonna do it and how are you going to do it? So these are the basic training. They will teach you mm-hmm. really early on because they are training you to fly by yourself. That's their sole purpose, for you to fly by yourself. So you need to know all this, takeoff, landings, emergency mm-hmm. procedure, how to talk to A- uh, ATC, the air traffic controller, if, if there's any around you, mm-hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff. That's the most important part. And once you suffice, your instructor thinks, okay, you're ready, you go fly by yourself. Um, and then after that, you do some, we call it cross country, but you're not really crossing countries. (laughs) It's just more than 15 nautical miles away. That's cross country. So you're not just flying around your home airport. You're going to visit other airport, going further places. You have to actually plan your flights, all that kind of stuff. So the second part of training is all about, um, you know, cross country flight planning and, uh, Finesse your landing skill and other emergency and other um, maneuvers that we do in the airplane that could simulate the situation you might encounter in emergencies or just, you know, for regular flying. Mm -hmm. Once you suffice then then you go for check ride. We call the check ride the grand finale with a designated pilot examiner. And they will tell you you pass or you don't. You pass and you get your license. Um, mm-hmm. so yep, <laughs> so that's private pilot license. and then you know, anything after that, it's up to you. it depends on what kind of flying career you want right If you're just flying for fun, like and you see that a lot here in Seattle, and I think you guys in San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Bay Area, yeah, so in the Bay Area, a lot of um, you know the 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 technology, I can't remember the name all of a sudden uh, the tech workers. Uh, <laughs> And a lot of them are young
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then they make good money. So they want to just get a private pilot license and just fly yeah. for front. Yeah. Right. So a lot of them will stop at, you know, private pilot. But yeah. if you want to, you know, go further, uh, you want to be an airline pilot or you want to fly commercially, then you go ha- You probably can go. Uh, you probably will go to do instrument training. So we call instru- it's, instrument training. is a rating. It's not a license. It's an add on to your private pilot license or your commercial pilot license. So when you have instrument rating means you can fly um, in the clouds, Uh, you can fly without the reference of the outside, which is very important. It's very useful here in Seattle because most of the time you can't see outside. (laughs) So it would be great if you can just fly solely on the reference of instrument. And that is one of the harder rating to get because it is it could be dicey especially if you're flying by yourself um Mm -hmm. very easy to over the work to overload you and then you get distracted okay all that kind of stuff so you get that rating and then now again if you want to fly commercially then you go on to get your commercial pilot license once you get your commercial pilot license i mean you're legally allowed to be hired to fly and get paid to do whatever you can't i mean you can try to open a business yourself but um, you have to actually apply for a business license before you can tell people and be like hey this is chancy air i'm gonna fly you (laughs) that kind of thing i can't i can't do it without you know actually get a business license though Mm -hmm. but now i am legally supposedly you know i can be hired by Some other small corporate jets um, or uh, like the survey company, the aerial survey company or the skydiver dropping operation. I I can be hired and do those things as a commercial pilot. Um, And then after that, you know, you can you have the choice to become a certified flight instructor Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or not. You can stop there if you want. Some people don't want to instruct ever. Then they stop at commercial. Um, but instructor is still, a you know, it's a pretty it's easier for you to find a job because mm-hmm. most of the fly school in America are hurting for fly instructors. Mm. It, due to, again, this advertised pilot shortage that I don't know if it's true. But <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people want to learn now. So uh, their fly instructor, regular fly instructor, and then there's instrument fly instructor. That's another license for you to get. And then you can also. Oh. Uh, there's also a thing called multi-engine. We call it an add-on. So, you know, the license I get is only single engine. So I fly the airplanes that only have one engine, so a little mm-hmm. Cessnas. But if you want to go to the airline, you definitely need to know how to fly airplane with more than one engine. So you have to get this multi-engine add-on. Wow. You can add it onto your commercial pilot license, or if you're rich, you can add it onto your private pilot license, whatever you want. <laughs> um, but this is just another thing you can add it onto your license. So I got that,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: then if you want to go a step further, you can also be a multi-engine uh, instructor because not all the instructor can teach multi-engine aircraft. Mm-hmm. Only the instructor who certified, who got that license as a multi-engine instructor, can do it. Mm-hmm. So those are pretty much all the license you can get as a pilot. You know, and a lot of people get older of that, and then they work as a flight instructor. get to 1500 hours and then they can and then then the airline will pay for their airline transport pilot license that is the grand finale (laughs) i don't think anybody get goes there's nothing beyond that just airline transport pilot license that's the top tier Mm -hmm. get to fly the passenger jets
3: got it so when you when you first decided to transition Mm -hmm. to become a pilot did you have an end goal in mind or you just first oh you did okay tell us
0: about it well i want to be a a airline airline transport pilot i know i want to work for an airline Mm -hmm. um some people want to work for corporate but Mm -hmm. i'm pretty i'm i was pretty sure i want to work for airline um because i got sucked into this lifestyle i can't get out of it now (laughs) i want to continue to keep my flight benefits so Uh i have to be an airline transport pilot um yeah so I'm in the uh delta has this program for their employee uh if you apply and then you got accepted, they give you five and a half years' leave to go get all your license and get to fifteen hundred hours and then go for a regional airline and once you have enough hours to go apply back to delta, you can they'll give you an interview
1: Wow,
0: yeah how
1: long does it usually okay so maybe I should ask how long did it take you to go from you know, when, like when you first started training
0: for the, the flying lessons? Uh, I started January 2018, so almost two years. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Almost two years now. So I'm working on my flight instructor license. Um, usually it takes, it, or there are flight school out there, if you can drop everything, just be a full-time student.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there are flight school out there doing accelerated training that goes from a uh, private pilot all the way to, multi-engine instructor in i don't know they i think they advertised nine months or something wow. nine to ten months yeah it's very intense um i couldn't do it because i still have to work mm-hmm. um okay. so but they you could do that
1: uh, okay so you were doing this while you were still working
0: and it yeah took
1: almost two years
0: mm-hmm. and, and you
1: flying when did you just you started flying when
0: Star flying for as a pilot or flight attendant? Yeah, as a pilot. Oh, pilot, uh, January 2018. I'm working okay. on my flight instructor license. So okay. I'm okay. still teaching single engine, like little airplanes. um For me to get to Delta, uh, you know, Delta gave me five and a half years to mm-hmm. get enough hours and experience to apply back. Mm hmm. But to me, I mean, that is still pretty short, because usually, regularly, it takes people a long time to get to that level, because Delta is a legacy airline. To get to any, we call them the mainline, oh. um, Delta, United American, um, JetBlue, Alaska, mm-hmm. all these big airlines um, are, we call them the main lines, and that's where pretty much all the airline pilot wants to go. Mm-hmm. You, some people stay at regional airlines, um, you know. Sometimes just due to you know, the, the, the the economic constraint. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who you know who decide they want to become pilot around either the nine eleven timeframe. They really get they got screwed because <laughs> um, some like my one of my instructor. He started the training before nine eleven happens, and, but. So he went all the way to flight instructor. He flight instructed for a while. And then 9-11 hit the economy tank. And then aviation industry took a big hit. Mm-hmm. Nobody was hiring. So he flew for some small cargo airline for a little bit, but it was just miserable. Pay was nothing. You know, mm-hmm. when you spend so much money, and, you know, these days doing flight training, it could take, if you do it in the big city like Seattle, it take you upward to $100,000. You spend mm-hmm. all these money, to get your license and rating and they pay you twenty thousand dollars a year like, nobody's gonna do that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know so for a period of time a lot of these pilots who are qualified but they can't find jobs they can't mm-hmm. find jobs where they have the jobs that cannot sustain them they went on and do other things and that is why we have to pilot shortages because during that time mm-hmm. and also the 2008 or 2009 recession a lot wow. of airlines stopped They either furlough the employee, the pilots, or they stop hiring. So all these people, and then some people were at the regional at that point. At that time, they chose to stay. They pretty much got stuck there because the big airlines, the main lines are are not hiring, so they get stuck there. Mm -hmm. And, And they kept doing it. And now that they have so much seniority at the regional airlines, they're not willing to give it up. Mm-hmm. To go to, you know, a legacy airline, be the first officer again, like, yeah, sure, the pay might be a little better, or it will be better. But they're just, you know, they have the best <laughs> schedule now. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to sacrifice that. Mm-hmm. They'd rather just stay where they are. So, yeah, that is one of the things that, um you know... The, being a pilot, a lot of people get discouraged. One, they don't have enough money to finish the training. Mm-hmm. And two, you know, when you become a flight instructor, the pay is not great. Like it's less than what I get paid as a flight attendant. But most people do it so they get hours. Mm-hmm. Some people really enjoy it. They might do it for life. And if you, and I can see, like, if you live some state where you know the cost of living is not so high that you might be able to sustain yourself with that paycheck mm-hmm. and it it is better than before now like now is because they're so sure mm-hmm. they're paying a you know re- re- relatively okay wage mm-hmm. um compared to before before it was really bad it's like it's like you might as well just go work for fast food joint wow. but yeah now it's better um but still it's not great especially again you have a You know, some people take out a loan. They have a debt of $70,000. They're not, they cannot be a flight instructor forever. So Mm -hmm. all they do is they, they fly, fly, fly. They get, they instruct to get to 1500 hours and then they're out. They're onto, they go to regional airlines. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The pay is better there. And then they get the very, and for us, the the new pilots hours are everything. What Mm -hmm. kind of hours do you have? Do you have piloting command hours? Do you, and when you go to the regional airline, or if you fly for some corporate jets or corporate um, operation, they have the mm-hmm. little jets. When you get to the jet, you get turbine time. Turbine oh. time is the most valuable time you can get. Wow. That essentially opens door for you. You can go work for international, the you know the foreign airlines or
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: some other places. So everybody wants those turbine time. And the type rating, the type ratings for the big aircraft, like 737 or Airbus, whatnot. If you have those things, it really makes your resume look a lot better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, oh, the the beginning, beginner pilots always, they're out to the airlines as soon as they can, Mm you know, Um, and they get paid. okay. again, the pay is better than before, but still not great. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know working until they can get to a legacy hopefully Mm -hmm. yeah okay
1: so let me see if i get my terminologies right mm -hmm. so um when we usually think about pilots who fly the big you know the commercial airplanes
0: Mm -hmm. they're
1: also called pilots or they're called something else is there, like,
0: a more formal way? Um, well, pilots are... is a general term, right? Yeah. All the pilots who hold the pilot license are pilots. Okay. Um, well, when you fly those... You know, when you see the commercial airline pilots, you see them, there's a captain, there's a first officer. Oh, that's a funny thing. I never realized some people didn't think the first officers are pilots and they didn't think the co-pilots are pilots. I'm like, well, you know, oh. it's called co pilot The I mean, name? Yeah. They're like, it's oh, so you're not the pilot. I'm like, yeah, uh. they they are. They're just because they're co pilot doesn't mean they're not pilots. They're, uh. you know. <laughs> uh, there's pilot in command which is the captain but mm-hmm. then there's second in command which is your first officer they're still pilots. they're still qualified and um and I always tell people especially you know when I fly as a flight attendant I have passenger who are just very um, they're scared flying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very nervous and I was like does it help if I tell you <laughs> how much the airplane can withstand like how much wind it can withstand and i can tell you how much experience our pilots have especially like here in united states i'm usually not very concerned about the quality of the pilots cuz
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know you'd really have to ho- jump through a lot of hoops to get yeah, to where you are rainy, right yeah. This, yeah yeah like unless you're military then you can you know then you the military trained pilots, they don't require as many hours. Oh. Um, but again, they're military trained, so yeah. great reason to trust them. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the civilian trained pilots like I am, or, you know the, the pilots who are trained in flight school, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them graduated with an aviation degree, so mm-hmm. they, they studied theor- all the theories and all they don't need the fifteen hundred hours they can you know sometimes the the uh, f a only asks for a thousand hours because they study the reli you know relevant major me as a respiratory therapy <laughs> <laughs> I, I need fifteen hundred hours which is understandable but you know you to get to a point especially if you like the the legacies when you see these pilots, mm-hmm. they were captain at their regional airlines. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them maybe not, but they are definitely, they're all qualified to be captain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even the co-pilot, even the first officer, they're still captain qualified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tell people, i be like, yeah, your pilot combines together, they probably have 20,000 fly hours, so... Mm. They would definitely try their best and they have a lot to lose. So they don't (laughs) want (laughs) to die.
3: Can you tell us the difference between their, um, all of their, like the responsibilities, like, you know, obviously I know there's the captain, but I don't really know, like, you know, what does the, what does the first officer do and what about Um, the
0: pilot? So, you know, it's, there's always like, uh, how do I say this? Uh, more pilots, it's always better than just one. <laughs> the company always want to pay the minimum, but uh-huh. me as a pilot, I definitely, you know, I feel more comfortable with another pi- pilot flying with us. So usually at the airlines, they will have one pilot and they, they could, and pilot can divide it up themselves mm-hmm. too. Um, you, you sometimes you'll have one pilot flying they would be the mm-hmm. one that flies this segment and then the other one can do all the communication because communication is also a, a big part mm-hmm. uh, about flying and then so you have That's one flying one communic- the control yeah.
3: yeah air traffic controller
0: okay yeah with the air traffic controller and then you have a separate set of eyes um, to look at all the different procedures and all that kind of stuff which can take up a lot of time
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and then we call it the pilot monitoring as well like you need somebody to monitor in case somebody made a mistake which happens because we're all human so, so it's always a good to have another person monitoring
2: mm-hmm.
0: and of course if one of the pilot is incapacitated you always have the other person right 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 yeah.
3: mm-hmm. so for international like long-haul flights mm-hmm. like for example China
0: are yeah. there Usually at
3: least two, and then they switch
0: oh, out. Or how yeah. does that? Happen? So I mean, I think every airline, my and country has different regulations. Um, I can't speak for them, but at Delta, I think it's more than eight. No, maybe more than ten hours of flight time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You will get four, four pilots. Oh. So okay. it's two sets of captain and first officer. Got it. So, you know, because they have to take rest. They can't <laughs> just fly the whole time. So they take turns. One set will go on crew rest and then the other set will fly and then and then they they switch vice versa. Um if it's less than that, I can't I don't know the cutoff. Um, but for a shorter international flight like from Seattle to Japan, Seattle to Europe, which is you know, just at 10 hours or maybe just slightly over 10, you get three. Mm-hmm. They, uh, again, they just swap off and, mm-hmm. you know, take turns, Yeah. You know.
1: mm. Does it go by, I, I assume it goes by seniority, so the more, more senior one would be captain?
0: Um, um, it actually depends. So for the pilots, you know... It, in order to we call it to hold something, to hold an upgrade to a captain, mm-hmm. it's by seniority. Like um let's say, and it depends on the aircraft, too. like let's say you fly a seven thirty seven and then now your seniority, you can hold an upgrade. then you can bid for it. And oh. you know if you get it, you get it. However, not everybody will take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. because some people will stay a first officer their whole career. They don't. Not everybody wants to be a captain because mm-hmm. you know if if something happened, it is captain's fault. Yeah. If something is good, it's captain's. You know, it's the it's like it's Solly, Solly's flight. Everybody knows Solly. Nobody knows who first officer is,
2: mm-hmm.
0: even though he was there, <laughs> and I'm sure he helped a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. But nobody
0: knows who he who he is. But mm-hmm. imagine if they do something, you know, something bad happened, catastrophic thing happened. They're gonna blame the captain they're the one who's going to get blamed so not everybody wants to be a captain so Mm -hmm. there's some first officer will continue to be a first officer their whole career Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: also because when you switch over from first officer to captain let's say you're first officer for eight years you go to captain you went to year one as a captain you're the most junior again so you're Mm -hmm. gonna probably go back on reserve so some people, you know, with the family, with the small children, they can't afford to have a, you know, unpredictable schedule. They would mm-hmm. just stay a first officer for longer mm-hmm. until they can take that cap, uh, take the upgrade or if they don't do it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Do you think it's possible? I, I guess you already mentioned that this probably is going to be your last career change, but <laughs> if someday you feel like the itch again, um, what do you think it could go into next? Oh. <sighs>
0: i actually i told my husband i was like well i will i will finish this you know i will do this for a while so as an airline pilot you have to uh retire at 65 that is the hard stop everybody (laughs) has to so i already made my retirement plan um i'm going to open a farm wow (laughs) (laughs) Or some sort of sanctuary, because <laughs> actually, if there is, I I do there a lot. You know, I'm interested in a lot of things, but if there's one true passion in my life, was um, I love animals. I wanted to be a vet, uh-huh. yeah. but vet school is so hard to get into. Yeah. So and you know, and life took me different places. I just went went with it, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's at this point, it's a little late.
2: Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So, you know, I'll stick with this, but when I retire, I'll open like some sort of farm or sanctuary so I can work with animals and yeah. do what I really love. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows, maybe I'll take MCAT just <laughs> just because, uh, just, just to, to tell myself that I can do
1: it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yep. so interesting. I feel like you're, um, you strike me as someone who's not afraid to try things
0: oh yeah that's and yeah just that's true right. because I, think I that... can't my motto is you can't you can't say you don't like something until you try it I mean obviously there are things you know you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know for all the experience things experience sake I don't like to limit myself do oh. you really sometimes you just you might like it and this uh, and it holds true for a lot of things like mm-hmm. you know when I first met my husband he's like let's go snowboarding like <laughs> i don't even know i'm from taiwan i don't know what that is (laughs) there's no stuff yeah i don't think i'm gonna like it it's cold i don't like cold yeah (laughs) and i went i actually enjoyed it and i probably enjoyed it more than my my husband did (laughs) yeah so those are hiking i didn't think i would like it i I still kind of i mean i don't not enthusiastic about it i go every weekend but i still you know i don't mind it um and you know and so I still my favorite thing is to go on living social or groupon just look at different things (laughs) just buy different activity and just try it out and you might like some of them yeah yeah
3: did you have um because I know you said you did some research and you know I'm sure from when you were going to pursue the whole pilot training I'm sure you did your research to understand how long or maybe how much it's going to take um did you find it at any moment where you felt like oh this is just you know it feels like it might be too expensive or it feels like it might be too hard to reach that 1500 hours
0: um no but I learned the hard (laughs) way you know I because I mean honestly the 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 pilot training I actually didn't research as much as I did for flight attendants and because I feel like when I you know I saw I see pilots every day I kind of know like what their lifestyle is all about. I did look up the pricing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's actually not a lot of, you know, online. If you go search, you're trying to find the answer through flight school. Those numbers are, they're not real. You know, they, they, a lot of them, I would say most of them will advertise the lowest amount, but it's hardly, you, you know, people hardly stick to that lowest amount. Ah, oh, I see. You know, there are flight school who will ask you to pay ahead of time. Uh, like the big flight school who promise you nine months zero to hero as they call it. Um, <laughs> they will ask you for a, a fixed amount, but you have to stick with that budget. And if you go over the fly hour, they will charge you more.
3: Wow.
0: So it is, you know, it, you really have to kind of ask around. Mm-hmm. Of- but, you know, from people who actually went through it, because and then you have you'll have people be like, well, like, how come you spend one hundred thousand dollars? I only spend sixty thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, where would you do your training? You do your training in Iowa where there is no like there is no not much airspace you have to avoid. You don't have to fly too far away to practice your maneuvers. Yeah, sure. You can stick to that amount. I see. Um, but if you're in big city, it, it tends to cost more money. Mm hmm but then the flight school, a lot of times they won't tell you that they always tell you the lowest FAA required hours. You know, these are the required hours and this equals to this amount, but people don't usually stick to that schedule. Mm -hmm. So I learned it the hard way as uh, I go (laughs) and be like, well, this is costing more than I anticipate, you know, to happen. And, but then I'm too deep into this. I can't, stop now (laughs) I might as well just keep going. Mm
3: -hmm. I mean, I like that your overall attitude is just so, still so optimistic and, you know, like very upbeat versus, you know, I guess maybe being a little discouraged the fact that it's costing you way more than you imagined. I feel like you have (laughs) a wonderful, wonderfully positive attitude. And, you know, I think it's just anyone with this kind of attitude will just get everything they want, right? Because they keep going.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I also like I, do realize how lucky I am, um, because my my husband supports me, and I totally understand why people stop because they just you know they don't have a, their spouse to support them. Their spouse might not be working, or spouse's income is not enough to support both of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I mean I can stay positive financially at least, is because you know I have a nice husband, and we're both pretty good on saving money, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um. I mean I, I yeah I do get discouraged sometimes uh just you know you always have that feeling that you're just not good enough <laughs> <laughs> The imposter syndrome is pretty severe over here <laughs> uh-huh. and I think a lot of young probably young female yeah. face this um especially you're you're in a industry where it's mostly male Mhm I mean, it's changing. There are more and more female pilots now. But, um, and, you know, you'll still see it in some older pilot, like male older pilot. They'll be like, oh, oh you're a girl. Just as a, a, a flight attendant, like, I think it was a couple years ago when I was flying. And then I heard this passenger walking on. So our first officer was was a lady. And she looked fairly young. And I, I think she was made probably in her mid-30s or something. Mm-hmm. This guy just walked on and he saw it, like, just look into the flight deck and saw the the first officer. He's like, "Huh, a female pilot? Huh, what do I know? A redhead too." I'm like, "What is it? What? What? Oh my goodness! What is that even?" And he said it out loud. I'm like, oh, "You forget oh to God. use your inside voice." Right. Like, oh, you yeah. So I'm like, occasionally you still have people be like, "Oh, it's a oh, it's a girl."
3: <laughs> wow. Like, how yes. how much balance is it in the pilots field? "Quote unquote," like. Would you say
0: like twenty percent is female oh, or less? Right now, it's less than twenty. Oh wow! Um, for the fest, it's, it's starting to come up. But I believe Delta just last year they they advertised or they announced that they hired uh, out of all the new hire class, twenty percent were women, which is very high, right? Uh, compared to the previous year, hmm. so it is a still pretty low you know is the the percentage is pretty off <laughs> yeah and why do you think
3: that is the case are are there just not enough women interested in
0: yeah or- i think people? it's it, it could be like what ha- you know kind of like back in like in taiwan in asia where the females are just not encouraged to do it, it was just always you know con- considered to be a more masculine job <laughs> yeah um, I mean, there are females, but it's just far, you know, just very rare. Um, yeah. But now, you know, there are so many, uh, quite a bit of the women in aviation society that uh, encourage women to become pilots mm-hmm. and, uh, or just get into aviation industry. And, and, oh, and also the mechanic, aircraft mechanic, there, it is, I think the ratio is even, like, it's the percentage is even lower, the female mechanics, the it's just not a lot of female mechanics.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that is the same, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of mechanics, the car mechanics or aircraft mechanics, yeah. they're mostly male. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so all of these, uh, you know, organization is trying to encourage girls to get into the field. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, it, you know, we have this, I can't say it's a problem, but, I mean, we have this situation now, it's just because we always assume girls do you know you do things where it's not lab, like not labor intensive mm-hmm. or stuff like that you don't get your hands with motor oil yeah <laughs> you don't get dirty you don't want girls to get dirty so mm-hmm. they were not encouraged um but it's changing mm-hmm. i can see that it, you know it will become just like medicine you know medicine 50 60 years ago is predominantly male right um but you know it came a long way now 50% of of the medical students are female i think Mm -hmm. and i think it will be that way um in the future for aviation Mm -hmm. for pilot at least yeah
3: yeah that's wonderful i mean i'm so glad you're doing this because i feel like i don't i yeah if you ask me you know there's a pilot do you think it's it's a male or female i probably think male because i don't think i
0: that's because every time and i you know even i'm a female i still make that mistake sometimes you know if you're talking about like if you see another aircraft passing by you and we're Mm -hmm. talking and be like well that dude just passed like (laughs) well that guy is texting really fast could be a female in there right (laughs) just
3: there's not
0: enough role models you know and and, you know the atc will call me sir constantly i mean i know my voice (laughs) is pretty deep (laughs) (laughs) but I think they're just they forgot sometimes Mm -hmm. oh oh, him or whatever got referred as a guy a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you think
3: um you know because you mentioned all of these women in aviation societies and I'm sure there's definitely communities and groups and people out there trying to make you know make an effort to change the fact that there's just not a whole lot of women in these fields um what do you think what are some of the things that they can do
0: um, I really think, and they are doing it. They start when um, when they're young. They mm-hmm. do these outreach program, and they call. And then a lot of society have this uh, girl in av- aviation day. Mm-hmm. They will bring young girls to you know the job site or whatever, or take them to a simulator, let them experience things. I think this all you take is encouragement.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: to tell them that yes, you can do it. <laughs> girls right. can do it. And these are suitable jobs for you instead of, you know, don't, if you just if you don't mention it and they never had access to it, they're not even they're not going to think about it because it right. was just never an option to them. So by introduce them, the idea that, hey, jobs are out there there are mm-hmm. resources out there. There are plenty of, you know, um, scholarship out there for you to utilize if you want. So it's not impossible. You like, you know, you can do it. And uh, I think just by doing that, it, it raised the awareness, and then people mm-hmm. will start doing it. Cool.
1: Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably all our questions, right, Angela?
3: Yeah. I think it's so wonderful that we get to touch on this whole mm-hmm. little last little bit about how there's not a whole lot of women in the aviation field, because I'm just someone that would like to see women in all industries and at all
0: positions. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it, it will change now.
3: <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> with you, you know, and you know a few other people, you know, can be our first female pilot
0: model. Say that again. I'm sorry.
3: Oh no, I was just saying, like you know, with you and I think you know, like with people that listen to the podcast and get to know you, I'm sure <laughs> we would love to follow your journey as you become an airport transport pilot. And did I get the name yeah, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, just the airline pilot. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope so. I mean, I do hope that. You know, I encourage people, especially, you know, actually the Taiwanese people mm-hmm. <laughs> or Asian people to yeah. career change. Because honestly, career change is not a big thing in Asia. You're pretty I much guess. set. Yeah. Since high school, you choose mm-hmm. which way you want to go and you're set. You don't change. Right.
2: Right. And the
0: society does not encourage changing jobs. hmm. It's not like the United States. You pretty much you can you, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. There is a way for you to do it. hmm. But in and Asia,
3: the fact that you have a super supportive husband and I feel like that aspect is probably yeah. harder to find in Asian countries and communities oh, where yeah. you're kind of expected, you know, being the woman to right. be the supportive one, you know, wait, hold on. You're you do. you Did you just say that your husband's going to help you do this? You know, it's like it's hard very rare to hear that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, and, you know, especially a lot of husbands, if you, I mean, not just in Asia, too, here, if if you tell them, be like, yeah, I'm just going to stop contributing to this family, I'm (laughs) not bringing any money, and I'm bleeding money out like crazy, (laughs) a lot of them are not going to be okay with it. So, (laughs) you know, it it is so important to have people who support you um, in order to to do this kind of change. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah.
0: Thanks for including me. I'm surprised you guys found me. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: through the hashtag. And it's just so interesting to hear all your stories and your journey. Um, so I when I I'm going to write up a blog post and mm-hmm. I will probably have some questions. And now I'm, I'm just going to email you. Is that is that going to be OK? Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, okay. you can uh, you can just link my Instagram account if they want to ask me and know. Okay. I, I always yeah. try to answer um, okay. people's questions. I, I almost always get questions about flight attendant though, not pilots. <laughs> it's uh-huh. funny. Okay. Okay. But cool. Anything.
1: So then we will link that.
0: Thank you for spending the time. Yeah. Us. Of course. I, I babble you. on a lot. Sorry. No, no. You <laughs> had a really, really
1: good story to tell.
0: Awesome. Glad you guys enjoyed. And I'm so happy to meet someone else from Taiwan. Exactly. Same, same age too. That's really yeah. Nice. I
1: know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, We'll if you guys are ever in Seattle, let me know.
1: Yeah. Oh, we'll do. Yeah, thank you. you. We'll keep in touch.
0: Awesome. Thank you you so much.
1: Thank you. (laughs) You Have a good good
0: weekend. weekend. Thanks.
1: Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode and thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for more interviews and check out our other social media for more content. We are on Medium, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find all the links in our profile. Leave us a message, tell us what you think, and what you want to hear more of. Once again, thank you for listening, and I hope this inspires you to be the change you wish to be and pave the way for more fulfilling careers. Good luck.